Thanks, Eileen. Thank you very much. Happy Christmas from the Red Darcy Show and Naughty Radio 1. <laughs> ah, good afternoon on this Thursday afternoon. We're in single figures now. Nine days to Christmas Day and that's Shay Devaney from Sligo. Doesn't have an age, but I'm guessing around four or five. Thanks for that, Shay. Uh, 51551 for your text this afternoon, as always, or ray at rte.ie. Welcome along. We're here till half four. Uh, loads of things to do today. But first to mention for Maliki Clerkin's piece uh, on the cover of a supplement in the Irish Times today, uh, Women in Sport 2021. And the headline is, We're only at the foot of the mountain. And there's a, a montage, is that what you call it, a montage or a collage of photographs? Somebody correct me before. Now, that's not a montage, that's a collage. Or maybe they said that's not a collage, it's a montage. Anyway, a lot of pictures of our famous and very successful sportswomen uh, winning all over the place uh, this year. And uh, Maliki writes about it, all the firsts, all the records that were broken. And he remembers back to a day when you'd be waiting for a Sonia O'Sullivan uh, race or maybe a Derville O'Rourke uh, race. He says, what's different this time is the fact that there is such a glut all right here, right now. The days of having to wait six months for Sonia's next race are long gone. On any day in any week through every month of this year, Irish women are performing at the pinnacle of their chosen sport. Blackmore and Taylor, Maguire and Harrington, Ellen Keane and Vicky Wall, Katie George Dunleavy, and Eve McChrystal, Katie McCabe and Denise O'Sullivan and Bevan Parsons. It's all there. And we have, we have one of those names on the show tomorrow, actually. Really looking forward to talking to uh, Kelly Harrington. She's coming in to talk to us about her year from winning a gold to meeting Ed Sheeran. That's the headline there on that. So that's the, the well done, Malik, and well done to uh, all the sportswomen in Ireland. Um, and if you can't see it, you can't be it. And that's the, the effect that this year is going to have on young girls and their participation in sport in the years to come is just unmeasurable. It's amazing. It's brilliant. It's very exciting. Nearly as exciting as the latest <laughs> Christmas song chart. You see, we, we, we find one every day from now till Christmas. The latest one is the Christmas songs <laughs> preferred by dog owners. Now, we don't know. It's a bit of a stretch to say they're preferred by dogs because they, they, we can't you know, ask a dog what's their favourite Christmas song. But a survey of 1,000 dog owners by the charity Guide Dogs uh, found that this one was their favourite. Last Christmas I gave you my heart But the very next day you gave it away 10% of dog owners said they liked that one. Um, and then it was 9% said this one. You won't be surprised to hear that there are hundreds, hundreds, if not thousands of versions of Jingle Bells on Spotify and on computers all over the place. And that one in particular is Anuna. I think a lot of the performers who do jingle bells try to you know they try to change it too much it's too fussy it's too fussy anyway that's my favourite from the ones I encountered today but a special mention a special mention to this one which I found on a compilation uh, for hipsters
Sorry. And at 6%, 6% of dog owners say that this is their favorite Christmas song. Yo! Now, here's a challenge for you. There isn't one, there isn't one dog pun in any, in any of this article. So I, I, I challenge you now. Take Christmas songs and dog puns and see what you can come up with. Five on five, five, one. Five on five, five, one. While we're on music, I, I love this. I actually love this. This, this, is, this is my favourite tweet this year from Yolanda Zaw, right? Yolanda Zaw. Uh, I better get myself ready for this. Okay, so here we go. Um, was in a quiet cafe today with my nearly two-year-old when a John Mayer song came on on the system. See, there it is, going in the background. Yeah, John Mayer, nice enough. American singer-songwriter. Lovely guy. So there is Yolanda with the two-year-old and the John Mayer song in the background. Next thing, out of nowhere, the two-year-old goes, OK, Google, stop. Now, that's not the way it happened. But in the two-year-old's world, that's the way they wanted it to happen. Kill John Mayer. Google, please play Baby Shark. (laughs) See? (laughs) It was more like, OK, Google, Baby Shark, please. Baby Shark, please. Please, 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 please. Funny and all as it is, that's that's the world that little two-year-old is growing up in. They think they can control everything around them by saying Google or Alexa or whatever. A far cry from 30 years ago when the first text message was sent, it was received by Richard Jarvis, who was the then director of Vodafone. Uh, it was 1992, so 29 years ago. It was sent by a guy called Neil Papworth. Um, He was 22 and he helped develop the company's short message service, SMS, text messages, in Newbury um, and sent the seasonal greeting from a computer. Now, here's here's what has happened now. Uh, It'll become the first text to be sold when the auction is held in Paris on Tuesday. So they're selling the text. Um, We've we've talked about this before. I still can't get my head around it, but some people can. Uh, As a non-fungible token, an NFT, um, so NFTs are essentially forgery-proof digital certificates of ownership of digital assets. So what the person will buy is the original code that was used to send the text all those years ago, which was historically the first text ever sent. They reckon that somebody is so into this sort of thing, NFTs and text and all that, that they're going to pay between 100000 and 200000 for it. Uh, and all the proceeds, and the more the merrier, because all the proceeds are going to United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, which is a good cause. Uh, of course, the text monopoly has gone, hasn't it? Because you have WhatsApp and you have uh, Instagram, you have all sorts of other things that people can use now to connect with each other. I'm just looking back there, and I don't know if this is the... the, the like, in 2011, um, we sent almost 3.25 billion texts in Ireland. Um, And then I was looking back at 2005 and there's an article there from the Irish Times, Vodafone O2 and Meteor celebrate the new year with a 2.5 million windfall as mobile subscribers sent 22 million texts and picture messages in a single day. Remember that? 
Christmas Day you'd be getting them from people you hardly knew and then on New Year's Eve your phone would go on fire you were getting so many texts and then you'd feel obliged to send them and you'd be sending them for days after and the whole system was clogged up and you'd be receiving them well into February slight exaggeration but you know what I'm getting at that's all changed that's all changed there was, I'm wondering what was the peak year I couldn't find out what, what, was, what was the one and somebody from the, the mobile phone companies might be able to fill me in on that uh, 51551 Ray at RTE.ie We will be surprising somebody again today Somebody has been nominated for a big Christmas thank you uh, and they're sitting at home or sitting in the office or wherever they are and they're oblivious to the fact that within 20 minutes they're going to be live on RT Radio 1 um, It's a beautiful thing and uh, we do it every year we've done it for the last three days and today it's somebody else's turn and we'll have one more tomorrow uh, we also have Anna McHugh from On Post. Uh, she is so knowledgeable about everything to do with Irish Post that it's 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 worth waiting for. Um, so she works in the GPO, has done for a quarter of a century. Um, we'll be talking to her about the last days you can send various things to various places, um, what it's like to work in the GPO, stamps, all that sort of thing. So I'm looking forward to talking to her. And then after four o'clock, we'll do our quiz and we'll have uh, Brendan Courtney uh, uh, and Brendan's going to talk to us about finishing his, is it a PhD or an MA? They'll, they'll tell me anyway, his postgraduate uh, paper and other things. Uh, now, what are you saying? Five on five, five on. Rocking around the Christmas lead, says Dylan in Cork. Uh, bark the herald angels sing. Now we're getting there. Only a winter's tale, T-A-I-L. Very good. Uh, barking around the Christmas tree. See, Dylan? See what they did there? Barking around, the, barking around the Christmas. Absolutely none of my dogs in the grooming salon reacted to any of those Christmas songs, says Kate and Cork. Ooh. Uh, Walkies in the air. Ah, very good. Walkies in the air is my dog favourite, says Joe. That's great. Now, reeling in the ears. I have it there. Let's tell you about that. Here we go. Mm, boom. Yep, uh, we've cobbled together bits of songs, news reports, TV shows and movies and we're looking for two people to come on and answer three questions each on the clips they hear in their ears, reeling in the ears. Yes, if you go for a short clip, you get two points. A longer clip is easier. That'll get you one point. And there is a prize, and a good prize it is. Um, It's a two-night stay in Brooks Hotel. Uh, It's a hidden gem, an award-winning four-star boutique hotel. It's on Drury Street. Uh, right there, smack in the centre of everything you need to get to if you're in Dublin, Grafton Street, St. Stephen's Green, Trinity College. There's parking across the road and they're celebrating 25 years in business next year. And to celebrate, uh, they want you to enjoy uh, a two nights stay, B&B, dinner on one evening in Francesca's restaurant. And they want us to tell you that if you get a voucher from brookshotel.ie that's worth over €200, Euro, you get a free bottle of Prosecco. So, we're looking for two people to come on after four o'clock, answer three questions uh, on three clips each. And here is your qualifying question. So, let's get rid of that there. Thank you very much, Machine Gun. Um, so, complete this famous Christmas lyric, sung by Bing Crosby. And, and, and Santa's up to his old tricks again, uh, interrupting really good singers. So, here we go. Chestnuts roasting on an open... <laughs> ah, Santa! Santa, Santa, Santa. We'll give it to you again. Chestnuts roasting on an open. <laughs> so, chestnuts roasting on an open. What? Uh, 0818 715 0818 715 
I was recently doing the ABCs with my four-year-old. You know where you, we write the letter and the, the child tells you a word that starts with the letter. Yeah, A for apple. Uh, B for ball. Yeah, yeah. So we started, as you do, uh, with A. And I said, A is for... And he replied, Alexa. Sign of the times, says Jenny. And uh, hairy tale of New York. Hey! Yeah, it's hard to impress them. You don't want to do better than that for... I I think it's great, but the four of them out there, glums, glums, scrooges, bah humbugs out there. So up, up the ante. On the dog Christmas song puns, if you if you will, please. 51551. 51551. Now, it's going to be a great Christmas for Bruce Springsteen because he's sold um, the master recordings and publishing rights for his life's work to Sony for a reported half a billion dollars. Yes, missus, $500 million. Um, so that's around €400,000 or thereabouts. Uh, the deal gives Sony ownership of his 20 studio albums, including classics like Born to Run, The River, Born in the USA. Um, and he's following in the footsteps of Bob Dylan and Blondie and other people. Um, and I suppose it's a bit like stuff you have at home and you go, like, I don't you know, I don't really use it anymore and they're willing to pay me half a billion. So, so. happy Christmas, Bruce. Half a billion, that's mad. So we said we'd dig this out before Sony start doing something with it and play it for you. 51551 radio.t.e. Good afternoon. Bruce Springsteen, yes. Yeah, you better watch out. You better not cry. Woo! Yay, the boss. And the East Street Band live. And Santa Claus is coming to town. Great person. Uh, now, <laughs> there's some great ones coming in. Um, uh, here comes Santa Paws. Here comes Santa, yeah. Uh, Ivan New Puppy, his favourite Christmas song is Oh Howly Night. Hey, pass that on to Ronan Collins. Uh, fairy tale of New Yorky. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they're getting, oh, yeah. That's John and Kildare. Uh, Inga says, away in a mangy. <laughs> that's, that's a stretch. Uh, deck the halls with bows of collie. Bows of collie. Bows of collie, yes. Uh, silent bite, says Liam Kilkenny. Um, let's see what else. Oh, this is my, my favourite so far. Um, and how about Fleas Navidad? Yeah. Damien is sort of, he's cool, you know, Damien's just giving it a slow nod. So I think that's the best we're going to get from Damien. I think he likes it. Fleas Navidad. Uh, 51551, ray at rte.ie. I have to take a quick commercial break when the computer says yes and the computer says yes. An RTE Radio 1. Email ray at rte.ie. The Ray Darcy Show. An RTE Radio 1. We have very clever listeners to this show. Very clever. And they do like a pun. Uh, so fleas never died very good but this one uh, dog rescue merry gentlemen that's good isn't it not the singing but the pun yeah dog rescue merry gentlemen uh, that's from Hugh McBrien take a bow Hugh now um, it's time uh, we surprised Matt on Monday Barry on Tuesday Dorina yesterday uh, and today it's somebody else's turn so there's somebody there out there uh, who will be the victim sorry will be part of our big Christmas thank you and just in case you've landed from a different planet we do it every year we ask our listeners to nominate somebody uh, who they think deserves uh, a big public Christmas thank you so they send us in an email give us as much detail about this person as they can and why they think they deserve um, this thank you Uh, and then we get the person up as in the person who wrote the email up on air as we'll do now and say hello hello hey how are you hello how are you um, just count to five there for me. 
Five. Yeah, you're very low there. Are you, are you on speakerphone or something? No, or? No, no, you're fine. No, there, no. That's it. That's better. You sound great now. I'm not going to talk to you too much because we don't want to give away your identity. Uh, so you've nominated this person in your life. You've written a lovely email and you've told a couple of white lies. So the person we are surprising is awaiting a call from Revenue. Now, I, is that is that fair? <laughs> anyway, we won't we won't get into it. They're going to answer the phone anyway. You're 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 quite sure. Uh, yes. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, fingers crossed. Please, if you would, and we'll make the call now. There you go. It's ringing, which is always a good sign. Hello. Hello, Claire. How are you? Yeah, how are things? Great, not a bother. I was expecting your call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not from Revenue. That's okay. Okay, I, I'm from RTE Radio 1. Okay. Yeah, and my name is Ray Darcy. Yes. Yeah, and uh, if you don't recognise my voice, you may recognise this voice. Hi, Jack. Hi, Frank. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you, you're on air. Claire. All right. Yes. How are you? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Um, so you obviously call he called you Jack. That's your pet name, is it? As opposed it to Claire. Indeed, yeah. oh, okay. So so you knew it was Frank when he said hi, Jack. I did. Right. Anyway. We might get into that later on and and ask you why you call each other Jack. But for the moment, uh, you were involved now in our big Christmas. Thank you, Claire. Frank has nominated you. Okay. So he he has written us an email about you. Uh, and he wants us uh, and himself, I suppose, to thank you in a very public way for being you. Okay. Are you okay with all of that? I am. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're okay. Yeah. Uh, so, can you, are you can you sit down or? I can. You, I'm sitting yeah, down. I yeah. Am. Okay. Great. 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 And it was it was going to be good news from the revenue, was it? Because you sounded uh, in good well, form. I don't, yeah. I was because he said to me, "Revenue are going to be in between three and half three. He says, make sure you answer the call. It could be a private number." I was like, "Yeah, grand, no bother." Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't sound scared. You see, if, if, if I was waiting for a government, I might sound a little bit scared. Anyway, here we go. So this is the email that your husband, Frank, sent to us about you. Okay. Uh, hi, Rain team. Uh, having listened to the past few thank yous, it made me really think long and hard about someone in my life that is deserving of such a lovely gesture of gratitude. But for some reason, the person in my life that deserves my most sincere gratitude was right there in front of my eyes all the time. And like the fool that I am, I never, I never saw her. I am SH1TE at this soppy stuff. I do try to say all the nice things, but I always fail and become a blabbering mess or even a blubbering mess and never get to say what I really mean. The person I would like to say a big thank you to is my wife, Claire. We've been together since 2000 and we got married in 2009. We have two beautiful children, Evan turned 11 on the 14th and Anna will be three on the 20th and she's in the background obviously she, uh, she so, so, so what's the big deal you ask hi hi Anna uh, well hi uh, what's the big deal you ask well Claire's life was turned upside down last year when I asked her would she consider moving from Mullingar back to Two Mile Boris outside Thurles so I could look after my parents in their ageing years without a thought her reply was I'll support you in whatever you decide now that wasn't the reply I wanted well, not straight away, at least. I'd hoped she would take some time to think about it, reflect, look at potential issues and then make a decision. But no, she straight away started into overdrive on sorting schools, doctors and all the other things required to make the transition as smooth as possible for the children and for me too. 
But what really matters here is that my suggestion to move was far bigger than I thought. Uh, I was asking Claire to leave her house, her home, the place we started our life and family together, her domain, her sanctuary. 16 years of life, love and happiness to help me look after my parents in an old house out the country in Tipperary. I asked her to leave her friends, her routine, her life behind, move among strangers and to start things all over again. Claire's from Farhouse in Dublin uh, and we lived in the town of Mullingar. Uh, that's because she doesn't drive and Mullingar being on the train line meant she was 90 minutes away from her family. With the move, it's almost a two hour drive. But Claire puts everyone else first, always has. This is her biggest flaw. Claire never thinks of herself or puts herself first. She's constantly thinking of others and puts even the most random things before her own needs. What I've written here so far doesn't express half of what is going around in my head in relation to my darling wife and the sacrifices she has made. The children have settled in well to our new home and their new schools. Evan loves the freedom and space that comes with country life. He also sits with my parents in their sitting room each evening for an hour or two before his bedtime, which they love. Anna has started preschool and loves it. It's only been six months and will take time. And my Christmas wish this year is for Claire's happiness. So maybe if I'm as lucky as the, this week as the day I met Claire, she will be chosen for one of your Christmas thank yous. My God. Kind regards, Frank Connolly. Yeah. What do you think of that? Amazing. Yeah. I wasn't excited. To be fair, he's, he is probably, he is right, I do. I always think, though, like, I always do everything to make other people happy, I suppose. It's just my nature. I've always been that way. Yeah. But I do, yeah, I always put everyone else. Now, always before myself. <laughs> now, Frank des- describes himself as a blubber mess and not good at this oh, soppy he is, stuff. Do you know what? He's more like, like if you, I suppose, if you met him in person, he's, probably, he's actually, he's like a gentle joint, really. Right. To be fair. He is, oh, yeah. Okay. He's a very, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And did you think you had he had this in him? No, I didn't. I'm actually so taken back by it. I'm sitting here. I'm actually sit, I'm actually shaking on the chair. To be honest, yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah, well, no. Well, you sound like an amazing woman, Claire. <laughs> Thanks very much. Yeah, no, I do. Look, as he said, look, I didn't really think about it. I just sort of went. I did it. Yeah. Um, as he said, the children have settled. Evan loved it. Like it. You know, but I just like. Because I suppose I like that. Think of everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> Frank, what have you got to say? Well, I haven't said that, right? <laughs> you, you've I said love you, Jack. Oh. I love you too. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> She's asking me here. She's like, Mary, what are you laughing at? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's and 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 it's 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 an Irish thing, and it's particularly an Irish male thing. You know, like he's saying something really romantic in a very public way on the radio, and it. it, it I love you, Jack. Uh, and then you're going, you sort of spit it out as well. I love you too. And and although it doesn't sound like it, it is full of emotion and true love. And that's that's. I'm actually so. I'm actually. It's be honest with you, like, and it's not really normally. I'm not sure for words because I never normally stop talking. It's actually, you know, she's the same. She never stops either. She said. And like I'm actually so I'm actually in shock to be right. honest. Yeah. Oh well, that's completely understandable. <laughs> completely understandable. Uh, Frank, how do you think that went? Uh, yeah, 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 Rich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what was it like hearing your words read out on on the radio? Yeah, not good. Not good. No. Why? Why not? Because did you get emotional? Oh yeah. Oh, I'm a basket case here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know who's stealing the show now? 
Anna. Oh, that's every, <laughs> that's every day. You hear her in the background. Yep. She's doing, she's popping away playing here. Yeah. She's okay. Um, well, listen, you sound like a lovely couple. Um, what we've done for you, uh, Claire, is uh, we got on to your sister. Well, Frank did. And he said, well, what can we do for Claire? Um, and between herself and Frank and ourselves, as in Neve on the team, uh, they've come up with a, a lovely thing. Um, so it's uh, a luxury personal shopping experience in Arnott's. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh. So uh, I don't know how you're going to feel about this because you're usually doing things for other people, but you're going to have a personal shopper. Pure fancy. Woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and you can, the, they can show you around and then you can choose anything to enhance your wardrobe. It has to be for you now. For me, I know, yes. so I'm always going around in yes. runners and jeans. Right. My sister, yeah, I can't believe that actually. <laughs> yeah, so you can't get it for Evan or for Anna or for Frank. It has to be for you. That's the stipulation. Uh, it's your turn this time around. Yeah, Jack. it's your time this time so around. No, no vouchers given away, nothing like that. This is for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the reason we're able to do this is because our friends at Super Value uh, want uh, to help share the magic and they've given us a, a pot full of money. And so you'll be able to do what you're doing to the tune of €2,000. Holy mother of God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. There you go. Now, now. Whoa. Now, now. Whoa. <laughs> go on, do my Boris. Now. <laughs> I can't uh, believe it, I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Well, it, it's, look, th- this is lovely. This is lovely being part of your lives and bringing this joy into your life on a, on a Thursday afternoon. Um, I can't thank very much. No. Well, I, Thanks, Jack. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh yeah, I have to ask you about Thanks. the Jack thing. The Jack thing. You, 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 just, you, you call I, each other Jack. Go on. I just, I just started. I don't think, like, uh, to be honest with you, I can't even... I don't even know how. We just call each other Jack. Right. And even Anna, he called, Frank, he called me Jack here the other day. And she's like, she's not Jack. And he's so yeah. <laughs> And how did you meet, Claire? We used to work for um, the O'Callaghan Hotel booth there in Marion Square. Oh, uh, yeah. So, because um, that's how the two of us met there. In the Ginger Man Club on Phoenix Street on Friday evening. <laughs> You'd which? We, we, we met, actually, did you know the Ginger Man Pub there? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, so yeah. We worked together. <laughs> we met to get, we worked in the hotel there, we sent it. Right. I worked in the Davenport and I was in head office there. So we were out one Friday evening in the Ginger Man, having a couple of drinks and that's it. That's enough now, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so who, who the made, the, who made the move? Who made the, the move? The he everyone I did. She took advantage of me, right? Uh, did she? Right, okay, great, <laughs> yeah. right. So that's 21 years ago. Um, yeah. And you got married uh, 12 years ago. And the, the the first song, your wedding song, was for six points. Can anybody remember? The first song. Oh, well, well, I know. What? Can you remember, Claire? Yeah, um, I know. But the first time ever I saw your face. Yes, you're right. You got six points and, and the voucher and the, the shopping experience <laughs> and all that. Well, listen, you're a lovely couple. Uh, Thanks. Yes, no, thank you. Thank you, Frank, for, for emailing in. Uh, and I hope you have a lovely Christmas um, with your family down in Two Mile Boris. And uh, happy birthday, Anna. See you. Anna, like this. <laughs> yeah, she's got to be three. Yeah, it's hard to believe on Monday. Yeah, mad. Happy birthday. Yeah. Thank, yeah. You. <laughs> thank you. Thank Good you. Girl. Thank you. See you. Bye, bye, bye. bye. Happy Christmas. Bye, 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 bye. Stereophonics. And that was the version of that song that was played at Claire and Frank's wedding as their first dance. Kelly Jones on vocals. Hadn't heard it before. It's nice.
You do love a good pun, don't you? <laughs> Lash Christmas. I'm going to be bonely this Christmas, says <laughs> Jim McLaughlin Castle Bar. Do they knows it's Christmas, says Adam Mulligan. How about a stray in a manger? Michael Cullen, how you doing, Michael? Uh, this is pretty straightforward. Rover by Joni Mitchell, as opposed to, yeah, Rover, yeah. We woof you a Merry Christmas, and all I want for Christmas is Shih Tzu. <laughs> <laughs> Quick commercial break, yeah, sorry, sorry. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Text 51551. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Yeah. Uh, OK, um, on one of our morning Zoom meetings there, we got into a big chat about Christmas cards, Christmas posts and letters and the little blue sticker saying airmail or paravion, uh, wondering are they still necessary. I'm wondering if people are still sending as many Christmas cards as they used to because now we're in the digital age. You can go online and send a digital card. And we thought, who better to answer all of those questions and more? at their busiest time of the year than the good people at Unpost. And I'm joined in studio now by Anna McHugh, who's Head of Communications with Unpost. How are you doing, Anna? How are you, Ray? Great to be here. Good to see you. And to you. And it is your most busiest time of the year. There is no doubt about that. It's the most busiest time time of of the the year. year. And you know what? Even though people were out in their shorts last Sunday, out in their T-shirts, thinking, oh, you know, it's autumn. Christmas is miles away. It's not. It's no. next week. Okay. It really is next week. There's no holding it back. Right. We, we'll get to the deadlines yes. soon. But I'm interested in the stats, right? Yes. Because it, it wouldn't take, you know, anybody could predict that there's going to be a fall off or there was a fall off in the last 10 years, 15 years in in letter post and card post. Yes, that's very true. How big was the drop off? About 50% over the last 12 years, maybe a little more. Um, It's been steady. That's been happening all over the world. And it was even a little slower in Ireland than in some parts of the world. Um, Meanwhile, parcels have been creeping up, creeping up. And what COVID has done has accelerated all of that accelerated the decline of the lovely letter. Now, we still handle millions of them, but fewer and fewer overall and a massive explosion in parcels, particularly when we were in full lockdown. Yes. And people were even buying their washing powder online. I mean, this time last year was really quite exceptional. It was like three Christmases at once. And uh, we we said it over and over again, but I'll say it again. uh, Postmen and women have done an amazing job. Amazing job. And also the powerhouse behind them, all our staff in sorting centres, the drivers around the country, the unseen engine, the people, the skeleton, essential people working in, in, in offices and in the GPO when other, and the thousand of us working from yeah, home. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a big kind of cooperative give operation. Us some, give us some of the stats then, like, like parcels, for example, in the lead up to Christmas. How many oh, millions are yeah, we talking? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Millions a week. And now, you know, they build from just after, after back to school. Back to school, there's a good bit of flurry, we'll say, with online shopping. Yeah. Then it goes a little bit quiet and then the Christmas offers start and it starts to build and build and build. So we're into hundreds of thousands of parcels now this week. I've just come from the Dublin Parcel Hub out in Clondalkin and, you know, it's it's full on. And it's tricky for them because usually there'd be a great buzz and they, they're doing their best this year, but they're still working in pods. They're still working oh, yes. with staggered times. Yes. They're still masked up. So, you know, and that's, that's tough, you know, it's... It, 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 it takes its job. Same for the, the delivery post people around the country. They're all working staggered start okay. times and the like. But yeah, hundreds of thousands. And on Christmas cards, uh, we could see people buying their stamps, but they were a bit slow posting because the weather was too too lovely, we reckon. Um, but now in the last few days, it's kind of gone crazy. And we know this weekend, all our post offices are open Saturday. It's going to go absolutely wild, up to probably about four, four and a half million a day. 
four and a half million a yeah, day. Christmas so. has really held up. I mean, you know, it, um, and, and COVID, I suppose, has helped that as well because people can't get together. But, um, you know, traditional mail, your your financial statements, your invoices, all of that, it's moved onto email, it's yes. moved digital, it's become paperless. So there's there's less of that transaction. Okay, how many how many cards in and out would you would you think are processed by on post in, over in, the Christmas period? Oh, probably upwards of 40, 50 million, wow. I would say. Yeah, because yeah. you have obviously outgoing and we're great card senders as an island nation, probably because we have that literary tradition as well. And because of emigration, we're great senders of cards abroad and always have been. And it's really when people get their own home, their own flat, their own apartment or whatever, then it becomes a, tr- a Christmas tradition yeah. to them. Maybe people aren't sending quite as many as they used to, but the tradition is still is still really strong. Okay. Uh, now, the most important thing, of course, is about Santa. Because thank you very yes. much. You sent us in um, uh, you know, a communication from Santa uh, earlier on and we, we read it out, which, which was nice. Um, so, so you... You sort of act as a clearinghouse for Santa's letters, do you? Is that we big, do. Yeah. We, we work with his postal elves okay. who are a tough owl bunch now, I'll be honest with you. They're not always the easiest to deal with Grumpy Santa's or what? They could be a bit grumpy. Yeah. And I mean, they're under a lot of pressure. They are. And of course, you know, the, the, the chil- he loves getting letters from children in Ireland and they actually start coming in over the summer. I mean, they start not appearing when. in post boxes maybe around the school holidays. Right. Maybe that's when, you know, the sort of, you know, people start thinking or maybe there's a bit of threats going on and good uh, behaviour and yeah, talks yeah. like that. They start and then they start to build, and then of course coming up towards Christmas, and then the toy show, and then it just it it, it explodes, it explodes. explodes. So what we make sure to do, our postal elves get all those letters over to the North Pole, because you know, and he 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 has said it a number of times. He likes to sit down of an evening with Mrs. Claus, a cup of hot chocolate. They go through them and they really enjoy them. And often there's pictures and all sorts of glitter and all kinds of things could come out, the, out, out of those envelopes. And um, then we help him to with his replies uh-huh. and get his replies. And there'll be about 125,000 replies posted tomorrow, Ray. Right. All the way from the North Pole and all our postmen and women will get them delivered over now, the Now I know, and, and this, this happens to adults as well, but, but some of the boys and girls would have posted their letters to Santa and not included a return address. Yeah, or maybe maybe a you know a half an address okay. or something. And sure, there's twenty something Irish towns in Ireland, and it, it sometimes those replies might not get. There's through. twenty as in yes, the name Irish yes, town. Twenty townlands oh, or villages called Irish. And then you have Black Rock. There's loads of Black oh, Rock. Loads of Black Rock, exactly. Yes. But I don't. You know, nobody should worry about that because okay. he gets them all, and then he has those extra elves going around the magic ones that scoop up any last minute pieces and Brilliant. that. So you know he has the lists. There's no doubt about that. And then really, once he's done with them, he's so busy then with the sleigh and the you know hoof sanitizer and all the mass and re- the yeah. reindeer and all that sure it's, it's he, has a, he, has, he, has, yeah. he has a lot going on and yes. you're right that, that's the understatement of the year Santa <laughs> has a lot going on yeah. uh, but we love helping him and it's and all our post offices help out as well you know so it, they it, all play their part. here's the thing that Neil said this morning and I said yeah that makes complete sense where people are doing and I was watching Jenny doing it at home writing all, out all the cards and then you you write them all out and you write the name and then you go, I must get that address. And you, you plan to go to another book of addresses or go online or make a phone call to get that address. And of course, you forget and you gather up all the cards and you post them 
and some of them just have a name on it. Yes, some of them do, or half an address, or and we do whatever we can. Yes. But it is an awful shame. It is. But, you yes. know, people post their keys, people post shopping lists, people, <laughs> I know somebody who posted their Christmas cash bonus many years ago. We got it back to them, but that was a bit of a scramble. Um, yeah, it's an awful shame. But, but the biggest shame of all is on parcels. And when people ha- spend lovely time and maybe do lovely hand knits, we'll say for a new baby or something, and put lovely care packages together and let's say they post them off to, to uh, the United States or, or to New Zealand or wherever it is. And let's say maybe they're sending it to a niece or a nephew or a friend and maybe they've moved house or maybe they just didn't check the address or maybe they're not at home when, when, the, uh, when the Australian postman arrives and they leave a docket and they don't go to pick it up in time. Yeah. And then it's returned to sender. Yeah. And then it comes into us and there is no return uh-huh. address. Yes, yeah. Put the return address so on So we yes. have postal detectives in Limerick in a secure centre and they literally, they're like detectives. They open those parcels and they try and reunite them. Oh. with the sender and they have a lot of success, of success they also register on the computer system what the contents the, the description of everything so if somebody rings so up they ring they up screaming be murder them. this yeah. wasn't delivered yeah. we're able to say actually okay. this is why or else something could come apart in the post because it hasn't been packed properly yeah. too flimsy not enough tape all that kind of stuff um, I would say as well if somebody leaves keys in your house and you say, oh, I'll post them onto you. You need to put them in a jiffy bag. You have to wrap them up. Don't just put them in an envelope because they'll hit our sorting machinery and, and they'll uh, come apart. That place is okay, full of keys advice, and full advice. of glasses. So, uh, yes. the, and, and we've encountered miracles like this over the years. Um, I remember working on the den and it was just, you know, you get something addressed to Zig and Zag and it would arrive into RT, which is brilliant. And the most recent one, which is touching and moving and lovely, is the story of Charlie Bird. Have you heard? You've, you've obviously heard. No. Uh, Charlie Bird received a letter with the words... The nation knows who he is. And I got to him. <laughs> so thanks to Impulse for that on behalf of Charlie. Yeah, well, we, we t- I can per- understand that perfectly. And uh, yeah. I suppose it's it's because we're a relatively small country. Yes. And your post person knows lots about you. And they take pride, believe me, in, in puzzles and trying to get things to people. Of course. Whether yeah. it's your man with the glasses who lives near the house with the tree outside the village. All yeah. of those things. Now, yeah. we're not looking for more puzzles. No. There was a chap <laughs> who used to send us puzzles with Invisible Ink, with jigsaws. <laughs> with back to front writing with all kinds of things testing you oh yeah <laughs> and then he put up on social media you know when, when we, okay. we, we succeeded or we failed but uh, no I suppose look it's 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 proof of how well we're we know our communities yeah. and uh, and we know each other you know and we're nosy about each other the other thing so. is thanks for all the free stuff like you gave out free cards twice during lockdown yeah yeah. and you're still um, allowing people to post free to nursing homes that's right and we've, we're actually extending that now it was to be the end of the year but we've extended it again until the end of February so free post into nursing homes and care homes and out of nursing homes and care homes for for residents to families Now we'll get to the deadlines in a moment but first just a little bit about you and your history with Unpost I said a quarter of a century is that Oh that sounds like I feel like one of the statues on top of the GPO (laughs) or like Cuckullin in the window but yeah I'm I'm with Unpost more than 25 years actually And and you're based in GPO Normally and yeah. it would be fabulous time at Christmas. Yeah. Um, we'd have our, our, you know, we have our, our lovely display there all the time, but we would have lunchtime carols and we'd have all kinds of things. And actually, I, I should say a very happy retirement to the very aptly named chap who has led our Christmas carols with his violin for more than, I think, 30 years. He just retired a few weeks ago 
and his name is Noel Carroll. Ah, look at an that. Ap- Noel an aptonym, I think it's called, when, you know, the perfect name for the man to lead the carols. But is, is it not, uh, what is it, predictive, nominative, is it? Nominative something or other. There's yes, a few names for it. Yeah. But, um, Noel Carroll, what but a brilliant we name. We hope he'll be back next year and we'll have our live carols again because it's a really important part of it. Christmas. I have it. Nominative determinism. There you are. I think. Perfect. Yes, that's, I yeah, think, I won't try I and spell it, but that's, uh, but that's great. Now, so, yes, the GPO, amazing place to work. Um, and so steeped in history. Yes, it is. And about a thousand people in there. And you do know. you get that? Do you feel that when you walk in or is it just yes, your, your office? Yes, you do. I would say, you know, parts of it are in, are in need of repair. It was probably never built for, there's almost a thousand staff. We've our customer care centre there and our IT centre and all the back office work for the state savings that we do and supporting the post office network and the like. Now we've a sort of skeleton VIP team in there at the moment when the rest of us are all yes. working from home but yeah it's a very special place and lots of Cupid's arrows as well we had Paul and Amanda got married last week two colleagues of ours and I met my own husband in the GPO <laughs> so you, you know you never know who you're talking to in there where love Ray. stories begin Indeed. the GPO <laughs> Uh, so th- that's the birds and the bees and you have I didn't know this This, this I, I, and you'll have to explain why but there are bees not not now but, but during a certain time of the year there are beehives on the roof of the GPO Yeah we're in our third year we've just had our, our, our third year of bees but our second year of a, a really good harvest of honey now it's small but, but very lovely Why? honey. Um, part of our, our sustainability and biodiversity and there's a big move to bring pollinators, bring bees back into the city centre. Um, so there's bees over in Trinity College. There's quite a few colonies of bees around the city centre. And um, our our uh, Chief Admin Officer and Company Secretary Paula, Paula Butler is um, a master beekeeper person from North County Dublin Beekeepers. And... Um, um, she said, you know, she'd take it on right. um, with a great chap called Colm, who's an expert as well. And uh, we had two, we started with two small colonies at the very back of the GPO, at sort of the Arnott side on a quiet roof. Now, we had to wait till the, till the teenage seagulls moved out. Yeah, they, they don't were, get on seemingly. No, no. Well, the, the teenage seagulls now and all the seagulls are not great to get on with anybody, to be honest with you. They're not, they're, 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 they're tricky. What happens with the bees well, and the seagulls? Well, they just, if you go out, if the beekeepers were going out anywhere near them, they'd attack them and they'd attack the hives. So, and would they eat um, bees? No, I don't think they would, but they're just, they fly around. They just make it really difficult for the bees to establish. Mm. And um, it's its just very messy. So you as well to wait until they've moved out of home. Vandals, and moved that's what on. they are, those teenage well, pigeons. Yeah, <laughs> they do like to go down to the bins at the back of the restaurants on O'Connell Street and get a kind of a picnic, a snack box of their own out of the bins. And then they bring them up <laughs> and eat them on the roof of the GPO. And nice, the roof nice. gullies are full of <laughs> bones, which yeah. is an awful job to people who go up there. It's but nice anyway, space, our bees, though, our nice bees are flourishing, but they do go now for the for the harsh winter out out to uh, North Dublin for two, if and it's back just in then in springtime back in in the springtime okay. um, yeah and, and it's we're delighted with them okay we better get to the deadlines then uh, so yes, here we are uh, the 16th of December yes so it was, was it, is it too late for anything <laughs> not at all no not at all now if you're posting anything to, you know, the rest of Europe, European countries um, outside of Britain and Ireland, um, really, you should have posted your parcels by earlier this week. But you're possibly still OK if you get a move on. Your cards need to be in the post to Europe by this Saturday. And post offices are open all day this Saturday and there will be postal deliveries on Saturday as well. Um, for Britain, as in, for Great Britain, as in England, Scotland and Wales, next Monday for both parcels and, and cards. Um, Tuesday 
for for Northern Ireland, and it was to be also um, the same day for the for the rest of Ireland. But we've extended it a day uh, because things are going fairly well. So the twenty second is the latest date then for the island of okay, Ireland. You could do it afterwards, but you know when we say those dates, don't leave it till then. Okay, what about parcels for Ireland? You know, yeah, same, gifts. Same, oh, the same, yeah, same, same. Oh, right. Yeah, the twenty first. Yeah, amazing. and then there are express options and registered options if you know if you're stuck um, or you want that service. But I'd say try and get ahead of it. Don't be waiting till the deadline yeah. because we could get a blast of, of weather and the volumes are very high. Okay, loads of, loads of reaction. Um, uh, I was posting cards today and had to go uh, to a third post box because the first two were jammed to post, probably Christmas cards. So people are definitely still sending cards. Uh, on post, best delivery service by far, always on time, says David in County Tip. Uh, we have the most fabulous postman uh, uh, on an old uh, county road called Paul. Always a smile. And could you please thank on post for giving families the opportunity to send parcels to people in residential care for free. My family were able to send parcels to my sister in Cheeverstown and it gave her a lift when she could not see us. So a big thank you uh, to all the staff in on post. We really appreciate what you've done, says Francis. And can you say thanks so much uh, for the lovely free postcards from on post? I found them brilliant. Uh, needed no stamps. My wonderful postman took them to my friends and family. Kept me sane during lockdown. Uh, Michael Moran is the best postman from a grateful OAP in a thigh. And please say a big thank you to Anna. Last year I appealed for a large poster of their ad featuring my nephew, Alan. I wanted to buy it, but despite being horrendously busy, on post sent one. Express post for Alan's <laughs> mum, Rachel. I remember uh, that. Yeah, <laughs> that's Dean and Claire. Um, and there's a longer one there. Have we got time for it? Let's see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just emailing you about how busy the postman woman um, are at this time of the year. For years now, I always leave a big tin of sweets outside my door for the postman woman to help themselves to so they can have a small treat as they do their rounds. This year, a grey squirrel has put a stop to this as he figured out <laughs> that the shiny wrappers contain chocolate and decided to help himself to his share. He makes off with a sweet, then sits in the big tree uh, in the drive, opens it, munches away, then throws throws the wrappers away and comes back for another. A bit like the seagulls. Uh, half a tin in one morning. Wrappers all over the garden. Happy Christmas uh, from Paul. Uh, there you go. Uh, That's lovely. Thank you. So so just before I let you go, the, the, the controversy, or was it a controversy about the stamps? Peace and joy, naughty or nice, nulling hunna, ho, 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 sending hugs, love. I love them. Well, look, you know, I, we try really hard and we had to decide on our designs months ago and we didn't know what sort of COVID environment we'd, we'd be in. And we do try and, and please all ages, all denominations, everybody. I absolutely admit, I, I think we, we ought to have had a, maybe another nativity scene in the national stamps because we do have one for the international. But then sometimes people like that for the international too. We'll take it on board for next year. Okay. Absolutely. Um, but you know we're we, we, we we're always learning and we do appreciate the feedback. And you can't please everybody all the time. No, but we uh, try. So you're planning for 2024. This we've run out of time on this. Sure. Sorry about this, Anna. But We'd we, love we, some we, suggestions for 2024. Yes, um, because everybody. people feel strongly about stamps. Obviously, it's wonderful. <laughs> They're and still we're, writing about we in love the Irish Times. New ideas. Yes. We absolutely love new ideas. So these are general stamps for 2024 or for Christmas of 2024. Um, oh, give us the lot. We'd love to hear okay. your ideas. Absolutely. Where stamp would they suge- send them to? Stamp suggestions at unpost.ie. Right. Is where you can send them or post them into us at free post at the GPO. Stamp and suggestions at at onpost.ie or post them in free post to onpost at the GPO. We'd love to hear new ideas, but we are talking about 2024. Yeah, Anna McHugh, thanks so much for coming in. Happy Christmas. And you. Thank A you. Pleasure. Thank the Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. 
tweet at Radio Ray RTE. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Nish Toshin on the Prefs Gelton in Noctula, Eileen Cahan. Grandma, good. Thanks very much, Eileen. Uh, 5155111.rte.ie. Now, yesterday on our quiz, we had John and Nigel on the lines. Uh, John was on his way to his honeymoon in Inch Donny. Uh, with his new wife Carly and Nigel was on his way back from Beaumont Hospital where he gets cancer treatment every month with his wife Kira. Uh, both lovely men, uh, both great quiz contestants. Uh, John was the winner and bagged the prize of a great break in Brooks Hotel in Dublin. It was one of those days where we wished that we could have given a prize to both of them and I think you did too and people seem to feel the same yeah they did uh, loads of emails about Nigel so we say, say we get him back on the line today how are you doing Nigel? Not too well Ray. how are yeah. you keeping? Good uh, so people took to you yesterday as they'd say down the country um, you, 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 there was something about you that they liked um, There was it was the positivity so we'll remind them about so you're on your way back from Beaumont you get treatment um, so you're you're living with cancer isn't that the way you'd put it Nigel? Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, will I give a rundown of it? Or? Yeah, well, well, yeah, well, yeah, so remind them, yeah. That... So, I, I suppose, I suppose uh, about three, four years ago, we would have got the keys of our house, so it be, should have been probably a happy time, but uh, uh, on that day, um, Bella would have had her six-month check-up um, with the medical team or whatever, and... I would have got a phone call. We planned to have a celebration at the house and stuff. It was a cottage we planned on renovating and stuff. But it's next thing it developed, she was rushed to um, Dublin, and from there we went on a plane to King's Hospital in London, and uh, she would have had surgery for the biliotricia. Then fast forward, uh, she's doing well. Everything worked out. It was a miracle. The surgery went well. Uh, she's doing okay now. She still gets checkups. And I was just getting back into the house and I started losing weight and rapidly and getting tired and stuff. And then uh, it was my boss at work. He said to me one day, he said, you know, I see, you look, you look ill. You need to, to not get checked out. I said, it was grand. So, so, there was nothing wrong and stuff, but it was just the tiredness. So I went and, uh, to my doctor and stuff and eventually went for a scan and they said I'd uh, a large tumour inside his limerick over the winter. Um, they, at first they thought it was benign, but then they said uh, because of the size of it and stuff, it didn't look great. Um, uh, we were looking at Birmingham and Vincent to do the surgery mm. because it was about 12 inches in size uh, in my abdomen and um, not many wanted to touch it. Everyone had seen it. A lot of doctors I meet when I go to say, <laughs> oh, jeez, I see your chat. And kind of strange, but uh, uh, yeah, and then uh, a doctor in Vincent's, Tom Gallagher, he said, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do the surgery. So about four days before the surgery, uh, we got married. We went, uh, uh, we wanted everything right. Uh, so we got married in a in a registry office and uh, on the Monday, because they didn't think the surgery go well. They were doing a lot of work, like with my, uh, my heart and... They were taking out a kidney and removing a bit of my liver. And but when when I went in for surgery um, and woke up from intensive care, they said it was a miracle. Right. They said everything. They just it, it had blown. You know what they had taught about how things had gone. They just totally went the opposite way, and it was a miracle. And a lot of it, 
I put down to Kira because Kira has always looked at the positives. You know, she's always like even on the medication, there's there's bad days, there's good days. You know, I just like I've wanted a there's some days there I just don't want to take them anymore. And she'll always come sense and, you know, she'll explain it and talk it down. Because it is tough, you know. Yeah. And today, you, you, today, so you had chemo yesterday and today, how does it affect you the day no, after? No, no, I've, uh, I've chemo every day. Oh, every day, so, every day. So right. I take 29 tablets every day. My word. So I take 19 tablets in the morning and then I take steroids throughout the day. Uh, and that's been three years. It's mighty There's it's, it's very rare, like, the, the only treatment is is uh, the mitestain drug. There's about four other people in Ireland on that drug at the minute. And, uh, yeah. Well, well, listen, your, your positivity and Kira's positivity is to be admired. Uh, and, uh, as I say, you, you struck people yesterday uh, and they liked you. And we got, like, for example, Martin says, just after listening to the quiz there, Jay's your man Nigel and his family deserve something more than a mug apiece. And, 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 and while I'm so Mary says while I'm so happy for the newlyweds uh, I seriously wished Nigel to win uh, I would like to pay for a night's stay for Nigel and his wonderful wife at the hotel uh, so that's Mary um, Breda Fahey I'm still listening every day I felt so moved and sorry for Nigel who was on your quiz there with his amazing story and what he's going through I was just wondering as his story moved me so much uh, could I buy a voucher for Brooks that's Breda right and then Colm, it's amazing the difference between men and women. Colm's going, would you not give that fella from Clare that prize? For God's sake, that's Colm. And then Damien, uh, you have to give Nigel a holiday as well. He and his family deserve one. Uh, and uh, give that man Nigel something better than a couple of mugs, will you? We were actually happy with the mugs. We were happy with the mugs. Last, last night I told the kids and they said, what was the prize? And I said, we won mugs. And Kira turned out to the kids, well, you nearly won a night away to the babysitters. But anyway, forget about it. Well, listen, here's the, here's the brilliant thing. Uh, we, we got on to Brooks Hotel uh, and they got on. They were sort of. We sort of met halfway because they were getting on to us because they heard you yesterday, um, and uh, they want to. They want to invite you up, and and not just you and Kira, but the two children as well. So it's a family stay for two nights, bed and breakfast and dinner on one night at Brooks Hotel in the middle of Dublin City. Um, oh. So that's lovely, and they're gonna they're gonna take particular care of you uh, and your family, Nigel. So there you go. You okay? Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So I don't know if they were friends of yours now, um, Colm and Damien there and Jerry from God, no, I'm joking. <laughs> but listen, we'll talk again, Nigel Foodie from Kildamon in County Clare. Thanks very much. And I just, I just want to say something there. A person said it to me before when I was up. Uh, he said, he said to me, uh, it was a saying and it stuck with me. He said, life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. And it's kind of stuck with me, yeah. you know. That, uh, that's lovely. Kind of that's, that's, you got to think positive, and yeah. you know, like even when you're in it, you got to just keep, you know, thinking of something. To yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Nigel Foodie, I'm sure we will chat again. Uh, mind Thank yourself you. and enjoy that break with the family, and enjoy Christmas. Of okay. Thanks, Same to you. Okay. Thanks. See you, Nigel. See you. Bye, bye, and thanks again to our friends at Brooks Hotel for helping us out with that. And we do it all again. Reeling in the ears, bits of songs, news reports, TV shows and movies. And we have two people lined up to answer three questions each. And the prize, yes, as it was yesterday, uh, is a two-night stay in a little gem of a hotel, Brooks Hotel, four-star boutique hotel on Drury Street. Uh, It's right there in the middle of Dublin. 
uh, Grafton Street, St. Stephen's Green, Trinity College, just a stone's throw away. They're celebrating 25 years in business next year and to celebrate they've given us a two-night stay with breakfast on both mornings and dinner in Francesca's restaurant one of the evenings. Uh, brookshotel.ie for more information. Brookshotel.ie uh, Melanie Livingston is in Bunclody. How you doing, Melanie? Is it Livingston or Livingston? Livingston. Livingston, right. That's it. Uh, and it's different to Livingston because there's an E where an I would be. Yes, I married into it, so I can't take any. Oh yeah, 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 you're doing, yeah. So you're, I was going to ask you what's the the background or the yeah, you don't know or do you? I don't know. No, okay. No, but sorry. You, what you do know is you're in Bunclodian County, Wexford. Uh, I am. And I, you were on your way home when we took the call. Are you home yet, or still on the way home? I called up to my mother's. So right. I'm sitting in the car. How is how is I your mother? She's great. My yeah. mother and father are inside, pottering away. Great, great. Uh, and you have uh, three boys. I do. What age are they? Um, they're nine, seven and three. Killian, ah. Aidan and Tyg. So this is this is going to be a great Christmas. Oh, yes. The magic. Yes. You know, Tyg is just coming. Yes, he knows. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's, that's going to be lovely. Uh, have they all written to Santa? They've all written. Yeah, the lists have done. The demands have been put in yeah. processed um, <laughs> lots of random things and beautiful things um, my oldest is all about engines and building yeah. B8 engines my middle boy is a sporty guy and a few requests and a yo-yo don't forget the randomers um, and then the youngest then is all about building blocks and there's a quad in there and right great well, Santa yeah, Santa will sort right. it all out anyway yeah and, and you're, you're, you work as an SNA um, which is a coincidence because so too does Jennifer who's in Lucan oh, wow. in Dublin how are you doing Jennifer? I'm doing well yeah. it's, it's sort of a mini SNA meeting here uh, <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so whereabouts are you in a, an SNA Jennifer? I'm an SNA in Lucan in St Mary's High School in Lucan right how long have you been doing it for? Um, past about five years, I'd say. Right. Uh, what about you, Melanie? Where Where are you? I'm in Ballyrobock National School, just outside Bunclody, and I've been doing it for about five years, or there, thereabouts, a little bit more, maybe as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. And Jennifer, what's your story at home? Who's at home? I'm I'm at home now. I um I have Connor and Kate here with me, so um I'm just in from the school run as well, and uh, yeah, we're all just in from school now. So great. Get, uh, getting I, the dinner on, very, very uh, unexciting. But no, no, know. what's for dinner? Oh, the beef stew was in slow cooker first thing this morning. So That's, that's going to be delicious. It is. It smells lovely, actually. It's nice to come home and smell yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, the door, yeah, so. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah. now, I just looked at the clock there. We're, we're mad late and we, we've talked to Brendan Courtney, um, so we better get on with the quiz. Um, so... Uh, Three questions each on the clips. You know by now, if you go for a short clip, it's more difficult. So you get two points. Go for a longer clip, you get one point. And whoever has the most points at the end gets the prize. If it's a draw, we go to a tie break. Uh, good luck, Melanie and Bunclody and Jennifer and Lucan. Here we go. Okay, to you, Melanie, then. Uh, the year is 1995. 1995. And we're at the movies. So do you want a long clip or a short clip? We'll go long. You go long for a point. Uh, in 1995, this animated movie starring Tom Hanks and Tim Allen was a box office hit. Can you name it? Here's your long clip for one point. Woody, what are you doing? Hold still, Buzz. To infinity and beyond. Toy Story should have yeah. went for short. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you wouldn't have got as much, but you, yeah, you probably would have known it. So you get one yeah. point there. Anyway, it's it's in the bank. You have a point. Uh, still in 1995 for you, Jennifer, and we're still at the movies. 
So what are you going to do? Are you going to go short for two or long for one? Oh, maybe I'll try short for two. Oh, look at you. Mm. Uh, okay, um, this movie was one of the huge successes of 1995, uh, telling the story of a mission to the moon. Uh, Tom Hanks and Kevin Bacon starred in it. Can you name it? And here's your short clip. Houston, we have a problem. Um, Apollo 11? No. Apollo 15? No. So. And I needed your first one. It's Apollo 13, and I needed the Apollo full one. 13. Yeah, I yeah, needed yeah. the full no, one. No, I do, I do. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair bit. enough. Okay, right. Uh, so, Melanie, you're on one. Jennifer, not on scoreboard yet, but still uh, two questions to go. Uh, Melanie, back to you. Second question is on music. We're in the charts. 1995. What do you think? I'm going to go short. Short on this one. Okay, this song was released in 1995. Have a listen, and we're looking for the name of the song or the band. And here's your short clip for two points. Michael, and it is. Oh, I thought I can see him singing it. Yeah. Um, I need an answer from you. Life. No. Um, and you were, he had Michael there. His name is Mick Hucknell. He's the lead singer. Yes. Simply Red. And the name of the song is Fairground. There you ah, go. Yes. Okay. Jennifer, hard luck, Melanie. Jennifer, chance for you to get on the scoreboard. Um, yeah, we're still I think in, I'll, go, I'll go long. You go long. First. Okay, yeah. okay. This song was released in 1995. Have a listen. So name a song or name of group. And here's your long clip for one point. Well, uh, is it Westlife? No, it's Boys Own. Love me for a reason. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> you're just so close. You're there, thereabouts. Yeah. Okay, right, Melanie, oh, you're on one. Uh, Jennifer is on. Um, nothing so far now if you go for a two pointer and get it right Jennifer can't catch it if you go for a one pointer she can go for a, t- a two pointer and then we're into a tie break so what's it going to be what's the do I get to know the no sorry it's in the news we're in the news we're in the news in the news current affairs from 1995 I think I'll go long you're going to go long for a point okay yeah. in 1995 this man arrived in Ireland on the first official visit by a member of the British royal family since Irish independence can you name him and this is your long clip the links friendships between the peoples of these islands are found everywhere and in almost every family who that there prince charles yes you get a point you're on two now jennifer you can you can get something out of this yes yeah yeah you have to go for two uh we're in the news again 1995 ireland hosted its third eurovision in a row in 1995 here's a clip of the rt presenter who hosted the show she went on to host nationwide until retirement can you name her and here's your short clip radio telefee sharon is pleased to welcome you who's that i i can't think of her name no. no, I can picture her face, but I can't think of her name. No, Mary Kennedy. It was Mary Kennedy. Oh, Mary Kennedy. And, yeah, and, no. and I'll just play the long clip. Just Radio Telefi Sharon is pleased to welcome you once again for what has almost become the annual Eurovision Song Contest from Ireland. Yeah. 
<laughs> it was. It was funny when she said it. Yes, yeah, funny yeah. when she said it. Now, yeah. Jennifer, sorry about that. And you were so close with Apollo Eleven, and then Boys Own West Life, and it was just uh, yeah, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. You, you, you were yeah. nearly there, nearly there, there, thereabouts. Yeah. Okay. Congratulations to Melanie. Yeah, I, and hard luck, Jennifer, and best luck to the rest of the school. <laughs> Thank you. We're going to send you out two mugs, uh, Jennifer, Tierney and Lucan, and have a great Christmas. Lovely. Thank you very much, Ray. Uh, yeah, enjoy the stew. Okay, see you, Jennifer. Okay, uh, Melanie, uh, you you were off to Brooks Hotel yourself and somebody of your choice, a person of your choice, brookshotel.ie to find out more information about where you're heading. I better bring heading. the hubby. Yeah, well, you better, you go, you better bring the hubby. You better bring the hubby. Uh, great talking to you. Well done, Melanie. Happy Thank Christmas. You so much, Ray. Happy see Christmas. you. Bye. 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 An RTE Radio 1. Email ray at rte.ie. The Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1. Brendan Courtney's here. Uh, Brendan, we, we, look, look at the time. Look, oh, at, the time. look at the time. Look at the time. You've had a very uh, busy few weeks. We've had a busy show. Yes, don't uh, worry, don't more, worry, more important than our show, you've just finished a master's. A master's Congratulations. Degree. Yes, an MBA actually. It's, an MBA? Yeah, a master of business. I, will I read the title yes, of your, please do, your please thesis? Do. An exploration of the circumstances required for reverse <laughs> mentoring to flourish <laughs> in the workplace in a post-Black Lives Matter world. Now, this is really important. It is. So, <laughs> so the, the fundamentals of that then are what? So reverse mentoring is where young people come into positions to people of positions of power and mentor them what it's like to be young in the world today. So for example in public office or in RTE say for example somebody who's from a different background would sit at the at the the boardroom with the people who make the decisions and say I'm a young traveller or I'm from Nepal or wherever I'm from. And post Black Lives Matter what, what we discovered what I discovered in my research is uh, uh, kids were upset so black kids in offices were upset and nobody was talking to them from senior management and when they went to them they said well why don't you reverse mentoring me and my project was about that actually not uh-huh. only did they have to go through the trauma of Black Lives Matter trauma but they had to explain what racism was like to white people and so that whole piece of emotional labour it's called which is something people hadn't considered before so explaining why you're upset about something adds to the the labour of explaining yeah. of why you're upset about something. So listening to people, li- oh, listening yes. to people, That's because we, we all think we can empathise. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know how good we are if, well, if we haven't listened. We don't know what it's like to be somebody else no. unless we've come through what they're through. So listening to them and trying to understand that. So look, we want to, most people are nice people and want to understand, but it's very difficult to understand unless you're listening. So the, uh, the my, my thesis was about that emotional toil and how do we make allowances for that? you know, more than listening, sort of coming into situations going, I don't understand, help me. I, I, and I think that's hugely important in our country. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, and I keep going back to this yeah. phrase that somebody said to me when we were talking about racism on the, on the show, that we're a work in progress. We really are. I mean, look, it's it's the tar- it's a moving target. It's a great phrase, isn't it? I keep hearing that all the time. So equality is a moving target that we're all striving for. And we all are very conscious of our own biases and discrimination that we grow up with and hear and listen to. And and funny, the, doing the course, you, you actually get less tolerant of that, which is something you have to battle with because you can see the effects of it. Less tolerant of, of our prejudices yes. that we've grown up with. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. whereas yeah. when you're less aware of it or less experienced in that world we tend to be more sympathetic to things our remarks our parents might make oh they're old or, now you, actually you have to have a zero tolerance policy on that otherwise it's just offensive it's really quite tragic but true 
so what happens next? You, you, you've handed it in, <laughs> which is a great weight off your shoulders, oh, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be as hard as it was. It's, it's really quite a lot of work. There's no phoning in a master's because it's all a journey and it's all about self-discovery and a lot of reading. And academic work that I wasn't ready for was it's really challenging. So I'm, pff, I'm glad it's done. And, I, you know, I was driving here and to be honest, when the guy said come out and have a chat about it, I was like, I haven't really thought about it because I was just so, I'm like, I ripped the plaster. Done, Ooh, go away. Now I'm done. I'm finished. Uh, I was going, oh, it's, oh, it's kind of deadly. It's done. And it now I'm like, oh, well done me. Yeah, so yeah well I'm done kind of, you. Fair play I, to I'm you. coming yeah. around to the whole. Yeah. Like, look, yeah. it's a privilege to ed- be educated. And uh, one, I wa- university wasn't an option for me when I was coming out of school because we couldn't afford it. And now to go back. So I was up, one of those people up the front, you know, metaphorically because it was online mostly, but <laughs> constantly asking questions and, and loving the learning experience at 50, which was amazing. So yeah, it was a, a great privilege. And of course, the brilliant thing is that you're there because you want to be there. Well, that's it. And, yes. and also there's a big, there's a big motivator when you're paying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of don't miss any lectures, you know. Yeah. Listen, your mum had a, had a fall. She did, bless her. She was in the car park in town and she just tripped over a little step, uh, but it, she fell right on her side and she smashed her hip, broke her hip, yeah. So that was Friday week ago. She had emergency operation in the matter. I couldn't believe how quickly they did it, 24 hours and she was done. And she was sitting up on Monday in the bed it's kind of insane but it was really incredible treatment but she got this horrible thing called delirium which I hadn't heard about my dad got it when he was in hospital oh goodness me it's 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 very stressful it's the scariest thing in the world it really is it's it's worse than a physical injury so even when we were on the ground with the you know incredible you know you do here but the the, fire brigade came and an ambulance it's just incredible I mean they were there with her and she was in agony but joking and laughing and compass mentis she went in for surgery and she came out a different person and I literally was standing tapping foot hand on hip in the, in the, with the doctors going I gave you a different woman you know five hours ago this woman is, is a different person they were like relax it's normal I said how do we not know about this they were like it's not really it's only coming to the fore that people generally talk about delirium after a, a pretty traumatic operation I had never heard of it and you think with all my experience of it I might have heard of it <laughs> Don't you care in the but rest, yeah, yeah so um, you know three days later she still wasn't coming around and I'm the only person who can visit. And what her. are the symptoms? Is it hallucinating or no? Hallucinating, but it did, it does seem very like dementia. It's like, but she knew me, so there was that. But very confused. Uh, didn't remember that what what had happened at all, and had been awake. Of she hadn't banged her head, you know. So it was. It just. I think it's a combination of things: infection, it's a combination yeah. of trauma, the the general anaesthetic, but this delirium. A lot of people have said, "Oh yeah," like you said, "Oh, it's really not very pleasant." Yeah. And I was the only person who could see her, so I was trying to report back to the rest. And How is she now? She's good. She's yeah. good. She's and, good. And you're you've taken on the responsibilities of hosting Christmas dinner. Well, I believe we say that, don't we? But I've already <laughs> had a fight with my sister on the way here. We're not having Brussels sprouts, and I, she's listening now. But uh, so they're lovely. Oh, they're much maligned. God, I'm, I'm, they're, jo- I'm actually joking. Right, what they're annoyed about is I've been googling catering. All right, <laughs> I've been. So we just get a and they're like no we're cooking Christmas dinner well it'll be fine Ma- hopefully mum will be out in time pretty sure she will be actually well, well, and we'll, we'll always get, bring a course uh, will you tell her we were asking for I will of course yeah uh, and thanks so much and sorry we hadn't got Not more time to chat and we will chat in the new year have a lovely Christmas have a lovely Christmas um, that's it from us Sarah is uh, flying solo on drive time today we are back tomorrow at 3 o'clock enjoy the rest of your Thursday evening happy Christmas from the Ray Darcy Show on RTE Radio 1.